Welcome to Choir Talks. My name is Greg O'Neill. I'm the worship pastor at Ridgecrest Baptist Church in Madison, Mississippi. Choir Talks is my weekly podcast. This week we are looking at a story from Luke chapter 7. Uh, this is an incident where Jesus meets someone, and here's what it sounds like. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, so she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair and kissed them and and poured perfume on them. Each of the first three Gospels records this story. It's, it's It's a great story, and it may not sound like it, but... For me, here as a worship pastor, that's a story about worship. This woman comes to present an offering to Jesus and to come to, comes to express uh, great feelings of repentance, but also of affection and love, and and uh, in every way that is a, an offering of worship. And so, I want us to look at some of the things we learn about worship from her offering. Uh, first of all, worship is expensive. It was an extravagant thing that she did. Um, The Gospel of Mark records this same story, and Mark says that the perfume was worth more than a year's wages. Can you imagine that? More than than what you might make in a year uh, spent for an experience that was uh, dissipated and gone uh, very quickly. Um, Can you imagine making that sacrifice and, and what that must have been like? Even the jar was expensive, an alabaster jar. In the other gospel accounts, it says that she broke the jar so that it was uh, used up in the event, in the experience. Um, That was an expensive and extravagant thing to do also. Uh, Not only was there a monetary cost to this offering, but there was a a personal cost too. Uh, it It was a costly thing for her to do um, because it cost her her self-dignity or her, her um, self-respect maybe in front of all of the other guests in the house uh, she gave this offering think how difficult that must have been for her if she was a prostitute perhaps and she came in to the house uninvited of one of the religious leaders of the area and there she made a spectacle of herself making this this offering in front of all the other guests. Uh, Matthew and Mark, I think, uh, record that the guests were very critical, uh, that they they spoke against what she was doing I'm, and put them all in an awkward situation, I'm sure, as, as you can imagine. Um, it was definitely not one of those moments that they all left tweeting about and saying, hey, I just witnessed this beautiful worship experience. No, that was not the reaction. They um, were critical of what she had done to nobody in that room felt like what she had done was appropriate or good or right except for one person and that person was Jesus Jesus received her offering as as a gift of worship in fact he said that it was a beautiful thing and he went on to say something really powerful he said from this point on wherever the gospel is preached that that woman's act of worship would also be remembered 
So the gift was expensive. The worship experience is expensive. Worship is expensive for all of us. It cost us a lot. It cost us our own self-sacrifice, our own self-respect. Uh, um, but it, it's also enduring. Uh, wherever the gospel was preached for 2,000 years now, uh, that woman's uh, gift was is remembered. Um, I don't know why, uh, but I know her gift was offered out of a pure heart, out of love and self-sacrifice, and so it remains to this day. That made me think about my own gifts of worship. Uh, uh, do they remain? Are they eternal? Paul talks about uh, building a foundation and others coming along and building behind him. And he says that that uh, we should be careful what we build with. We can either build with gold and silver and precious stones or wood, hay, and stubble, things that are going to be burned up in fire. So I had to ask myself with all the hours that I spend in worship and what I would call worship to the Father, am I Am I using wood, hay, and stubble? Am I doing things that are just burnt up? Or are those things also pure gifts out of a pure heart, uh, selflessly sacrificed to the Father, the kind of things that, that remain and make an eternal difference? Worship is the ultimate expression of love. In fact, that might be a short definition that you could think of how to define worship. Worship is always focused on the one, um, when we come to worship, the we are focused on the one who is the receiver of our affection and adoration. Work, worship takes the focus then away from ourselves and all those around us and puts it on the one that we worship. Think about the woman's gift of worship. She was aware of all the other people in the, in the house, but when it came to offer that gift, none of them mattered. She was only aware of the one. She was focused on Jesus. Worship is not driven by the benefit that it might offer the worshiper, only on the worthiness of the one who is being worshipped. Uh, what she did was so self-sacrificial, there was obviously no benefit to her. In fact, she was ridiculed. And yet, uh, she came to give and not to receive, not for what she could get, but what she could give. Jesus also says about her that... Um, for whomever much is forgiven, that that person loves much, and so she did. I want us to think about this story, though, in the context of worship, because all of us, if we're believers, if we're followers of Christ, meet with some group somewhere uh, regularly, hopefully, to offer gifts of worship. And um, the, the, that alabaster jar full of perfume I want you to just imagine that for just a second. It's, think of it as though you are bringing that every time you come to worship. And as you come, that alabaster jar, is, it's, it's contained. The perfume is contained within it. It is, it is uh, separated from, all, from the air around it and all the other alabaster jars that the other worshipers might be bringing. On the outside, it is beautiful. Um, all the people around might look at it and say what a beautiful alabaster jar but the contents undisclosed who knows what's in there right you know the purpose of perfume is not staying within a jar 
It's not fulfilling its purpose as long as it stays in the jar. But when the jar is broken, then the perfume fills the air. Imagine all of the people coming into the place of worship where you're going to be perhaps this Sunday morning. And they all bring that alabaster jar, but instead of keeping it intact, what if they all break those jars? And the the joint aroma of the perfumes that are released before the Father as a beautiful offering to Him, what would that look like? What would happen if we all broke our jars together? Being broken is what it takes to experience God's presence. This woman was humble. She was repentant. She was ready to sacrifice her image to make this offering. In Isaiah, uh, Isaiah records what the Lord says. Uh, In 57 of Isaiah, it says this. This is what the high and exalted one says. He who lives forever, whose name is holy. I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is broken and lowly in spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and revive the heart of the broken. The Holy One lives among those who are broken. So this week as you have an opportunity, you bring your alabaster jar in. Don't let it remain intact. Break it. Make your offering before the Father, uh, offering Him all that you have and all that you are because He is worthy. Have a great week. 